There has been a lot of misunderstanding in the church world when it comes to the principle of calling. Thank you for joining us this week for another topic in youth leadership. And uh, let's get right into it. The theoretically, our greatest foremost calling is that we have all been created for God's pleasure. Okay, so before vocation, I want you to look at virtue. Uh, that is very clear in Revelation 4 and verse 11, when John said, worthy are you Lord our God to receive the glory and the honor and the power for you have created all things. Now here it is. And because of your will and for your pleasure, we exist. What a remarkable statement defining our design that foremost, we were created for his will and for his pleasure. That, that would be our first calling, the most important part of this discussion. From there then, let's look at a definition of calling as it relates to our purpose and what we have been created to do with our life. Let me define it as the call to ministry and the call to minister. Did you hear that? The call to ministry and the call to minister. Did you see what I did there? <laughs> it's just a little slight. Even just the change of case or capital spelling or the use of a title versus an action. The title of ministry and the action of minister, right? It's, it's a place to start, title and action. Let's look at the first one, the calling to ministry. This is a calling as a title in the church or the sacred part of the calling that a pastor or other uh, ministry leader will hold. This is the vocational part of the calling that only some or a few are called to. Okay, I'll get to that in, in a bit. Now, secondly, look at the calling to minister. The first one was a calling to ministry the calling to minister. This is a calling as an action um, in the church or the secular setting and the work that we do as believers, unpaid work, right, or whatever. It is a very clear uh, understanding that all of us are called to minister, but only few are called to ministry. Take a look at these two verses with a simple explanation for those who are called to ministry and those who are called to minister. First, look at the calling to ministry. Paul says this, and he gave, um, and he himself gave some, some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, uh, pastors, and teachers, Ephesians 4.11. A pretty clear understanding of the title or the office of ministry. Notice that not everyone is called to ministry, but some or a few are called uh, to, to that uh, title, right? Secondly, look at the call to minister, okay? Uh, Paul says, if you keep reading in verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, okay, Ephesians 4.12. We can also see that in Matthew 28, 19, where he said, go into all the world and make disciples of every nation. A very clear 
understanding of the action or the work, okay, that believers do. Notice here that it is all of us who are called to minister, to minister, okay? So, hey, what is a calling? Calling is an assignment from God that comes with a gift or a grace, right? Um, a talent, ability that everyone has been given um, by God to do something with the life that he's given us. That calling could take us to the office of the ministry or the field to minister. Okay, office and field, all right. Uh, hopefully you're getting this definition. These are delib deliberate terms and sometimes debatable, I'm sure. But this is how I look at this concept of calling. And so with this understanding, here's a practical look at this topic, okay? Um, let me get practical. About a decade ago, really longer, 15 years, I began discussions about this loss of an emphasis upon the call to minister, okay, and the call to ministry. We lost a generation who were told that the calling to the marketplace was the same as the calling to ministry. Books were written about the priesthood of all believers and their work as sacred in the secular. Okay, of course, listen, I believe in this. I believe in this with all of my heart, but hear me, okay? Much of the language became that everyone is a minister and you don't need to be in ministry. Now, I certainly understand what is being said, what was being taught, and I get the emphasis of the priesthood of believers, right, and the, of the saints, the ministry of the saints. But something dangerous began to happen. These two callings, one to ministry, one to minister, cannot be forgotten. Each are valuable, symbiotic. The relationship is critical. There simply is a difference in the responsibility and the function for each of these. Um, here's an easy way to look at it, okay? First, the specific calling for some Christians is to be in service in the office or the profession, full-time, part-time, uh, of ministry. That's Ephesians 4 and 11. In other words, some are called to prepare all of the people for works of service. Did you hear that? Some are called to prepare all of the people for works of service. And then second, the general calling for all Christians is to minister. We made that clear in Ephesians 4, 4 uh, verse 12 and really through verse 16. Not only do students not understand these terms though, but youth leaders have had a hard time understanding these terms and communicating the importance of each, okay? Because this pendulum swing uh, happened all the way over to, to those who minister and we lost the calling to ministry, okay? Over the last 20 years, this discussion became this swing away from ministry as a vocation and more about everyone is a minister, whether you're a teacher, a doctor, a lawyer, construction worker, right, working in the government or a parent at home. Again, both are true, both are valuable, both are needed. However, this is not an either or option. Increasingly, almost every week, 
I have conversations with students who are coming back to the specific call to ministry because they were, they were talked out of it by well-meaning parents or youth leaders who were simply giving half of the story on calling, okay? For many reasons, and most of them um, well-meaning. I know several examples of leaders. I could tell you stories, I'm, the names are in my head right now, of, of leaders who steered students away from ministry for various reasons, mostly innocent reasons, um, and steered them to the marketplace or that they can minister anywhere and they don't have to have the title of pastor or one of those offices, right? However, what I've been recognizing, what I've been recognizing for years is that you cannot evade, you cannot escape the specific call to ministry. It doesn't go away. Listen, these incomplete messages to our young people over the past few years has been increasing the importance of the general call of all believers to minister in the marketplace, in the field, however you want to say it, but at the expense of many of our young people not hearing the important message of the specific call to ministry. And again, I'm not looking for the pendulum to swing from one end of this discussion to the other, simply for Ephesians 4, 11, and 12 to be taught in balance. We cannot, hear me, we cannot lose the call to ministry, okay, in a generation of gifted young people, sending them off into other vocations and, and um, other disciplines uh, and, and losing some of those best kids to ministry. Listen, here's a quick look at, at history um, in youth ministry, at camp or convention or missionary services. Here's proof of this discussion. Growing up, a week didn't go by in a summer camp that the speaker didn't preach on the call to specific ministry, the office of ministry. Now today, it is foreign, and we've moved that pendulum to everyone is, you know, as we've kind of built this, um, this discussion today. Certainly, very few complete messages on the subject today. I've had leaders tell me across the country, we can't even remember the time when we've heard a message on it. Sure, we might pray over those students, but we've rarely hear an entire message on it. This is how we keep our movement younger. This is how we tap into the gifts and the callings that God has on so many of our young people. If we continue to lose um, the preaching and the teaching on this topic of the call of God upon someone's life for the office of ministry, we will continue to see this loss of young ministry leaders. So solutions, okay. Um, here are two, okay? Let me give you two solutions. We must overcome in the next few years these, uh, these couple of issues. If we're going to see young people answer the call to ministry in uh, the younger Gen Z set and now the Alpha Gen set coming up. Number one, we must stop thinking that the call to minister, okay, to minister is greater than the call to ministry. We must balance the specific call. Both of these must be balanced. And the general call to marketplace ministry must be taught and preached. But hear me, we cannot lose the specific call upon our teenagers and young people's lives 
to ministry. We cannot lose it. We simply have to have a balance and a consistency from spiritual leadership, emphasizing both of these principles. We must highly value each of these callings and how they fit together. But this principle of the calling to ministry is um, a principle that is life-changing, not just for the individual, but for all. The few who get that call, they're the ones who impact the all who minister, okay? So you can see the importance of raising up this next generation. Here's the second issue and the final issue I wanna talk about. We must stop thinking that we shouldn't address this, but we need to let the Holy Spirit speak to our young people, okay? That, that's, that's what we say, things like that. I'm not gonna address it, I'll let the Holy Spirit speak to them. Listen, I do not wanna play on the emotions or manipulation of students and their calling and their life um, vocation, right, purpose. However, I definitely don't want to encourage or uh, miss the highlight of this um, incredible opportunity either. Just look at the countless mentors in the life of young leaders throughout Bible history and human history. Oftentimes, it will take a simple conversation from an elder to open the heart of a young person of what the Holy Spirit has been speaking to them already. There are so many relationships where we see the, the, the mentor and the mentee relationship and how God has used that elder to speak to them. I believe the church has under-challenged this generation toward ministry. Okay, did you hear that? I believe the church is under challenge of this generation toward ministry when it should be at the forefront of next gen. We must be careful of saying things like, you don't have to be in ministry to minister. Listen, it's true. I get it, I understand. But as we said earlier, what happened for a while in youth ministry is that we swung that emphasis away from students and their call to ministry in the church or sacred setting because we wanted everyone to understand they are ministers, okay? Man, I hope that we have built this understanding of the importance of preaching and teaching on this call. Listen, we have to take the next season of ministry and balance this back out. We cannot lose the call to ministry because we have overemphasized the call to minister. Hey, man, we're going to talk more on this next week. Part two is next week. And I want to talk about the signs. What are the signs if I'm called to ministry, right? What are those signs? I think there are four, maybe five. I think I'm going to give you five next week, okay? And uh, there are five loves or five uh, traits that you will recognize in yourself if there's a call to ministry on your life, okay? All right, hey. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us again. And we'll see you again next week on Youthology Resources Podcast for another topic on youth leadership. Thank you.